It's time to talk UK sports with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is the Leach Report Radio Network. Join in the discussion by tweeting your questions to at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call 877-904-1080. Now, along with an outstanding lineup of guests and broadcast to the most passionate fan base in America, the Big Blue Nation, here's the voice of the Wildcats. Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It's our Wednesday edition of the Leach Report, and glad to have you on board with us for the show today. Mike Pratt will lead us off. Uh, Mike is uh, switching to Wednesdays here for the summer. He's uh, got some Thursday golf dates. Chris Fisher from the Cat's Paws, and Chris Birch from the UK Sports Network, and we'll talk about some of his recent behind Kentucky football podcasts with uh, players that he's been talking with. So that's our guest lineup for the day. Let's get right to the Wildcat news of the day. It is a service of Cardinal Point Financial Group. That's private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. Just saw a tweet from uh, our buddy Kyle Tucker with The Athletic, and uh, he posted a link to a story that just went up at The Athletic where Mark Emmert, uh, the chief of the NCAA, Uh, did a one-on-one interview with Seth Davis of The Athletic. And uh, Emmert expressed optimism that football games would be played. As for basketball season and this prospect of a second wave of the coronavirus uh, hitting the country, um, he said that he could see potentially a season, basketball season that uh, maybe gets pushed back a month or two later than usual. Uh, maybe they could, uh, he said, he also suggested they could start uh, earlier. So I don't, I mean, they've got a lot of dates that are already in place for non conference games uh, that would seem to be uh, a little, a little, a uh, little bit of a curveball, we'll say. But the thing about it is, always remember, these are unusual circumstances, uh, hopefully once in a lifetime circumstances. So, um, everything's up for i think discussion and potential change so it was just interesting i mean it's just a discussion at this point but i uh, have i've told friends of mine recently that i uh I was really pretty optimistic that football will start on time and and probably finish because i was starting to get a little bit more worried about basketball because of being indoors and you're seeing what all the schools are doing with uh, finishing their classes by thanksgiving so they uh, clearly are um doing that and uh, thinking that there could be the the second wave so maybe uh could, could you have a basketball season that starts takes a pause and then picks back up i don't know it's just uh it, it, the story's up at the athletic you'd read it with mark Emmer. there's nothing concrete in here it's all just speculation at this point because as we always say uh, what we know today uh, is going to be a lot different than what we'll know in a few months and then a few months after that uh, the SEC commissioner um, was on a, a, a podcast talking about uh, some of these subjects. He said the fate of the college football season will likely be get a final determination by late July, but he expressed confidence that games will be played. Uh, I think that's why probably a lot of people wonder as far as seating plans and you know how many fans would get in, say, for Kentucky football or, or any team. And if you're in these schools... You have some preliminary discussions, but there's no use spending a whole lot of time on it right now uh, until you know exactly, uh, you know what your 
parameters are you dealing with? And, you know, are you going to be allowed to have 10,000 fans, 20,000 fans, no fans? Um, so I think those start to crystallize more in the coming month. Mike Bray was on a uh, podcast with CBS's John Rothstein, said he and Cal have been talking about Madison Square Garden as a possible site for the neutral location in the three-year deal that Kentucky and Notre Dame struck. The Irish will come here this season. Kentucky will go to um, South Bend. And then the third year of the deal calls for a neutral site game. And I, I think this is uh, not surprising to me that this would be the one. I mean, they used to play in Louisville. They were they the, the, this game, Kentucky, Notre Dame's never going to agree to play a one-time neutral side game in Louisville. Um, and so they have a, a, an alumni base in uh, New York. Kentucky's playing a regular a game a year in New York. This would be, if you're going to play a, a game at the Garden every year, then this would be a, uh, a good one to play there. Uh, so uh, I think it's not surprising that uh, that discussion is, is underway for that neutral side game. NBA writer for the stadium says DeMarcus Cousins is going to sit out the resumption of the NBA season and continue his rehab from uh, injuries and that uh, multiple teams had expressed interest in DeMarcus. Um, So um, it looks like DeMarcus will not be back until the next NBA season. UK has found a new cheerleading coach, Ryan Martin O'Connor. She's a Lexington native. Uh, who has uh, cheered at UK in the past and comes from Western Kentucky University, but she also built successful programs at UAB and at Ole Miss. Links to the stories that uh, we talk about each day, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We'll head to a break. We'll come back. Mike Pratt will join the program. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. It's the Leach Report Radio Network for a Wednesday. We welcome in Mike Pratt to the program. How goes it, Michael? It's really nice out here. I'm uh, sitting on my patio and uh, in the shade. Um, and I'm getting ready to play golf this afternoon around noon, and uh, I'll be walking, which will get my walk in for the day. So, uh, so far, so good, Tom. Good for you. You uh, had a little, uh, well, I think it was a shoulder issue a couple of years ago, so you, you're really getting your golf game into shape. You're playing quite a bit. Yeah, I probably played so far this year maybe eight times, which last year I might have played ten times the whole summer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm playing once a week. Um and uh, I missed last weekend uh, with the media group, and I'm going to miss this weekend. So, yeah, I mean, it's fun. I get out there and play the play the senior tees and have a ball. You excited about baseball coming back? And I am excited. I'm telling you what, those yard birds, they about blew it for me. I mean, man, oh, man, just in this economy, in this world we live in today, and they couldn't get it together to give us something we wanted to see. We, I think, not everybody, but I mean, it, it, it'll do good for this country to have baseball back. It will, and you know, it's um, something that, assuming you know, and everything we say always predicated on assuming you can do this and keep everybody healthy. 
uh, as healthy as possible and, and you know, true. minimize risk, et cetera. So all that being said, all those, uh, those caveats that it is important to get, uh, sports back that can come back to see if it works and then we can move to, you know, it, you, you feel better about bringing back other sports. Well, that's a great point. And, um, so much in the fall football, basketball pivots around what happens this summer in this short season. And, uh, I, you know, I believe if a guy doesn't want to play because he's fearful of the COVID-19, then don't play. Okay. I can, I, I'm not down on a guy that, no. you know, um, I mean, that's, that's our individual rights decision. And, uh, but let's, let's get, there's enough players to get some games in and see what it looks like. And to your point, it is really a, uh, a test tube for sports in the fall and winter. What about a couple of rules changes? They're going to have the DH uh, throughout, not uh, just in the American League. And then an extra innings, they're going to, uh, because they're going to play so many games in a condensed amount of time, uh, they're going to try to uh, eliminate those long extra, you know, 15, 16, 17 inning games. Not that there are a lot of them, but anyway, in extra innings, they will put a runner on second base to start in each half inning to try to um, get a, uh, a run scored more quickly. Well, I, I never really cared one way or the other for the DH. Uh, it will provide somebody on that ball club a job that maybe he, he wouldn't have had, um, you know, a utility infielder or whatever, or a DH. But um, I think that's pretty... Uh, out of the box thinking for baseball, we want to complain about them and and not wanting to uh, not being able to put it put it together and play. But they thought out of the box, and you know I'm really interested in see how that works uh, because I think they're going to play what 60 games in 65 days. Uh, these guys going to earn their pay now. It'd be uh, too bad they uh, don't go back to playing. Uh, or you know when you grew up, it was a treat to go to a doubleheader. Got two games for oh, the yeah. price of one. That never happens anymore. Yeah. You remember the day night doubleheader? Oh yeah, yeah. They played. They started one at, at two or three, and then took some time off and came back at seven. I remember, the Reds used to play some day night doubleheaders, like you know maybe two a year or something. They were they were a treat, man. Let me shift to uh, Olivier Saar. I wonder if you've had any now that they've. Um, Changed the the rule in the NBA where they've made a second deadline for guys to put their name into the draft. So Olivier's got something else to think about. In addition to uh, waiting to hear on his waiver request, uh, he could theoretically uh, go back into the draft, uh, could get evaluated and then come out, which I think the deadline for that is October 6th. What I'm wondering is if your NBA uh, friends, uh, have you had much conversation with anybody about how they view Olivier Sar? No, I really haven't. I, I really haven't. Um, I don't know where, um, because um, before he decided to transfer and, and everything, I never really tracked him for that particular purpose. Now, I do know that, uh, and I read that Danny, Danny um, talked him into staying instead of uh, putting his, you know, keeping his name in the hat. And I'm sure that there was a reason behind that. Maybe he wasn't a first-rounder, maybe you know, I, I don't know. But if he was going to be a first-rounder, uh, I would have stayed in no matter what. And then we wouldn't have this issue of Danny Manny being uh, being fired and, and debating whether Sar should move on. So, um, no, I haven't. You know, if I'm him, Tom, 
if I got any questions, and maybe he's already done it, talk to the pro guys, okay? You know, Cal can arrange that. Cal, Kenny, and, and uh, Barbie, those guys, they rope it. They know all the pro guys. They can, they can put uh, SAR in contact with uh, the people to get a good opinion, right? I mean, right. Th- that's no big deal for them. So i check it out. I'd check it out. Um, I don't think that moving that date has any real effect on whether he um, comes or goes. Um, that's a decision I think should be made on where you think you're going to be drafted now and the potential to be drafted in a different place later on. I think that's what it boils down to. So, um, yeah, I, I just I find it hard to believe the NCAA are throwing around all these transfers and can't give this kid one when they fired the coach. I, I just thought we had that all settled in the uh, back a couple years that if a, if a coach gets fired or a coach leaves, that you should be able to move too. And, uh, you know, I think one of the problems, Tom, with that whole thing is the NCAA still thinks these kids pick colleges because of the college. You know, <laughs> back in the day, they maybe that, that, that happened. Okay, and maybe it should have happened. Maybe it should happen now, but that's not the way it is. These kids are recruited by coaches, by uh, potential teammates, of course, current teammates. And you know, gee, Tom, if that all evaporates, why wouldn't you be allowed to move? It's not your no, fault. No, I it think that's what I've said. Is that I think it, whatever side of you know, the, some coaches have pushed back on the automatic waiver for any transfer for any reason. You can, you know, basically go somewhere. Uh, you can transfer automatically, no questions asked. Basically, be a free agent. And um, a lot of people think that's coming anyway. But some coaches are pushing back on that. But even those people agree that you know, if your coach leaves, you ought to be able to go. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's going to be the first piece of, of uh, what you just said. It's going to be debated. And um, I, I can see both sides, okay? I can see both sides. But the second part, when your coach is fired or he takes another job, to me that's just clear as a bell that there's a major change on the school that you went to and, and why you went there. And that's why I've, 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 I think SAR is going to get his waiver uh, because I, I think the folks at the NCAA are probably uh, effectively changing that policy without actually saying it. And uh, in uh, in advance of of that vote, that's probably going to come up in January on the transfer. Um, but uh, you know, the, the the thing you hope happens is that he they come back with a decision somewhere here soon, so that that deadline for you know putting your name in for consideration for the draft. Let's say he gets his waiver. Well, then maybe. He didn't even consider going into the draft. That uh, he's you know likes the idea of playing at Kentucky for a year. Anyway, the point being. He, they need to make the decision on the waiver so he has all of his information in front of him to be able to make a decision. It's only fair. It's only fair to the kid to do that, Tom. You're you're right on. And, uh, of course, sometimes we know the NCAA has been very insensitive to some young athletes. Not always, but many times they have been. And and I think that the kid does deserve to know that. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, do you uh, do any good on the Belmont Stakes? Yes, I did. Good for you. Yes, I did. I, I was on Tizzle Law since uh, watching him run in Florida. I tried to back him up with that one. I think you liked that one too, didn't you? Yeah, tap it to win. He's just he's distance challenged. I was hoping he could uh, yeah. get the yeah, job done, he was, but uh, uh, he's, he didn't. He didn't want uh, the mile and an eighth. 
but he, I had him underneath that, uh, underneath his law to, to place at a pretty good number. And, um, and then, of course, uh, I had a good day. There was a lot of chalky stuff, but, you know, I, I, I cashed tickets or uh, a few tickets, and uh, that was all good. Man, Baffert's Philly was incredibly impressive. Gamin. Well, she, she was, wasn't she? Wow. Boy, she's strong for the uh, looks strong for the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, of course, Kenny McPeak has a uh, a good one. It's probably going to run in the uh, Ashland Stakes next month at Keeneland. We'll talk more about that when we get to next month. Mike, um, hit them straight today. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, buddy. Stay safe. Uh, you too. That's Mike Pratt. It's at Mike Pratt twenty two on Twitter. His weekly visits to our program are presented by Boone's Butcher Shop in Bardstown. You can check them out at Boone's Butcher Shop. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. Guests come to us via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Chris Fisher for the Cat's Paws when we come back. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. We're back with Chris Fisher, the Cat's Paws of the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Uh, you can read him at Cat'sPaws.com on Twitter. It's at ChrisFisher247. Um, we always touch on uh, the recruiting bases when you join us, uh, Chris, for basketball. And uh, there's a new name that I saw, a story you have up at uh, the site uh, that Kentucky fans need to be paying attention to for 2021, Peyton Watson. Tell us about the, that young man. He's uh, he's an elite five-star wing. We have him ranked in the top ten of the, the 2022 rankings. And he's a kid who tells me he grew up on Kentucky basketball. He said in previous interviews that Kentucky has been his dream school. But, you know, he said that was the school that was, that was always on TV that he enjoyed watching. He said uh, it really started with that team with uh, De'Aaron Fox and, and Malik Monk uh, that, that he really, really – took a liking to and he's been in in constant contact with Kenny Payne and spoke with John Calipari over the phone recently and I would expect Kentucky to uh to be a major player in in his recruitment going forward now they haven't extended an offer and the the cancellation of the travel season has kind of complicated things but they've told him that you know when we can get out to to visit you we're we're going to do just that and and like I said I would expect Kentucky to uh to be on the short list of his recruitment moving forward. More Chris Fisher when we come right back on the Leach Report. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Chatting with Chris Fisher from Catspaws.com. We're talking about a new name uh, for recruiting watchers to keep an eye on, Peyton Watson. Uh, Class, you said class of 2022, but uh, is there a reclassification possibility, or is it too early to even think about that? I haven't heard anything specific with that. I think the the rule of thumb is that once that gets floated around, uh, either publicly or privately, that usually ends up being the case. I haven't heard that with him, but uh, you know, with so many online courses and you know kids looking to to expedite that that timeline to the NBA, I think. I think that's always a possibility with with elite prospects. Shift to a, a story that you had up at the Cat's Paws site uh, about Devin Askew, and this is a, a perspective on his game from another former pro that he's been working out with, right? 
Yeah, so he, you know, it, it feels like Kentucky fans have been a little bit down on, on Devin Askew. Maybe it was because, you know, they brought in Davion Mintz to kind of help mentor uh, him and, and kind of guide him through through the process. And he slipped in the rankings. He, you know, lost his five-star status since he reclassified from 2021 and signed with Kentucky in November. But uh, Sean Marshall, uh, he, he played at, at Boston College, uh, played really well for, for Boston College in the mid-2000s and has spent 13 years playing professionally. He's been working out with Devin Askew this summer and, and really gave him high praise that Kentucky is, is getting a stud. And this kid has an elite work ethic, which has kind of been uh, the reputation for Devin Askew for, for some time now. And I just think Devin Askew is going to be really rock solid for Kentucky. Is he going to be the day one star that a BJ Boston or a Terrence Clark is going to be? Probably not, but there aren't really any weaknesses in his game. He can run the offense. He can initiate offense. He's a pass first point guard with, uh, you know, with guys like BJ Boston and Terrence Clark. He's going to be able to get those guys involved. And he shot over 40% from beyond the arc in the Nike EYBL. And so, uh, you know, made seven of seven threes in a, in a California state playoff game last season. And so there really aren't a lot of weaknesses to this kid's game and what he needs to get better at. He's proven that he has the work ethic to, to do so. So I'm really high on him and, and I think Kentucky fans should be too. Yeah, I'm with you on, on this. Uh, everything I read about him, I and you've seen him play more than I have certainly, but everything I read, uh, I like what I hear. And, you know, he is a guy that uh, is not going to be asked to come in and be, you know, Brandon Knight or De'Aaron Fox, uh, this will be a time when, you know, with Boston and uh, Clark, uh, that he's going to be a table setter first and foremost, right? Yeah, and I think that's his, I think that's his mentality to begin with. He wants to distribute the ball. He wants to get others involved. I think the, the knock on him during the season, I think at some point, uh, he may have, I think they maybe played a ranked team. I can't recall who it was, but he struggled with some pressure. And there's, you know, the idea that maybe he has a little bit of trouble creating separation and, uh, you know, getting by people with, with the dribble. But when you're playing next to guys like BJ Boston and, and Terrence Clark and Olivier Saar, if he's able to, to gain immediate eligibility, he's not going to be called on to, to do as much. And like I said, any, any chinks in his armor, anything that, you know, he needs to improve upon, he's, he's going to do so. But there's so many different things that he does well. It's kind of hard to, to pick on him about one thing or the other. I like the fact, too, that he has uh, put himself in a position where he's um, spending a lot of time playing with uh, and doing these workouts with Boston and, and with Clark. And it's it's a little bit like that, you know, if, if you're the um, receiver with a great quarterback, be the guy that he always goes out and throws with because when he gets in the game, he's going to be most comfortable with you. And so these guys, these great scorers on the wings, are going to be real comfortable with him. And maybe that's, you know, one of the advantages of living in Southern California. There's a lot of resources there for him, and he's taken full full advantage of that. Like you said, he's been working out with B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark. He's been working out with Darren Collison, who's a 10-year NBA veteran, a former All-American at, uh, at UCLA. He's working out with uh, Sean Marshall. I think he was even at that open run 
uh, that Tyrese Maxey was at with, with Ben Simmons and, and LeBron James. I'm not sure if he competed in those, but I think at the very least he was there. And so he's definitely been, been putting in the work during, a you know, a, a spring and summer where things have been really, really uh, complicated to say the least with the pandemic. And, you know, we spoke, I think it was last week or the week before about Nate Sestina working out at a winery in Northern California. And so, for him to to put in this kind of work against that caliber of talent day in and day out is is certainly going to help him in the long run. Yeah, just uh, I, I like again it kind of goes back to I like a lot of the things I'm hearing about. Ask you, uh, it just seems like he he's making the, uh, all the right decisions with uh, where he's putting himself. Yeah, definitely, and and you know. Kentucky fans, there was a time last season when, you know, they like to complain about Ashton Hagens and, you know, he turns the ball over too much and he can't shoot. Well, Devin Askew doesn't turn the ball over very much and he can shoot the ball really, really well. And so I think he's going to be a valuable piece for, for Kentucky, especially when you put those complimentary pieces around him. Talk with Chris Fisher from catspaws.com. Uh, talk about another story you had up at the site that's just kind of a fun one. A little video of Brandon Eccles uh, that uh, is quite impressive. It's easy to, to forget sometimes how athletic football players are because they they sometimes just make things so easily. But when you put that athleticism in a different context, it becomes suddenly very easy to see and uh, he took a video of himself throwing down a, a one-handed windmill off the bounce and doing it pretty easily. And uh, you look at defensive backs, typically pound for pound, those guys are some of the most athletic guys on the football field. And I think Brandon Eccles is poised to have a huge senior season for Kentucky. I think he was one of the, the surprising bright spots in the secondary last season. That's exactly what you want from your JUCO guys. You want them to come in and, and play right away and, and be effective, and that is exactly what uh, what he was able to do. Chris Fisher, catspaws.com, where you can read him at chrisfisher247. Thank you. All right. Thanks, so. Chris joins us on Wednesdays here on the Leach Report Radio Network. We're heading to a break. Curtis Birch from the UK Football Network. Next up, talk about some latest editions of the Behind Kentucky Football podcast and some interesting interviews with a couple of Wildcat players. We'll get to that when we come right back. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. The Wednesday edition of the Leach Report, quarter before the top of the hour. Curtis Birch joins us with the uh, UK Football Network and UK Radio Network, uh, covering the uh, football beat primarily. Also, the host of the Sunday morning uh, talk show on our flagship station in Lexington, WLAP. And Curtis, you do uh, one of your tasks is the Behind Kentucky Football podcast, where you've been lately been talking to uh, players, and um, one of them, um, Yusef Corker. Uh, thought was interesting. You kind of tied in the Father's Day angle there, right? Yeah, he's uh, the dad to an eight-month-old, uh, Amira. And it, it was funny because we're, we're, I'm doing them over Zoom right now, like most people are, <laughs> with Work Ventures. Um, and with the video feature up, he comes into the Zoom chat, and he's got his uh, the little baby girl on his lap. And, you know, he's just being a dad, and we talked about it a little bit. 
And uh, in the background during the interview, if you look at the clips that were posted, you know, you can actually see the crib. Uh, so that's, you know, that's been a topic of conversation with some of the guys over the past couple of years, Josh Allen, Lynn Moden, what it meant to them uh, to be a dad. But Yusuf is a, a really interesting guy. And, and Tom, you know, I was talking about him. And in, when you look back, it's his leap last season was so incredible to go from a guy who was relatively unknown, makes just eight tackles one season. And then last year, he's the leading tackler on the team and is now you know, one of the best prospects and going to be one of the leaders and the stars of a defense. It was, it was an incredible leap. And when uh, also on that podcast was Devontae Robinson, and he was a guy who said that he wasn't surprised because of all the work that Corker puts in. Yeah, Corker is uh, a guy that um, really exploded on the scene. I don't think anybody was, you know, at, at this point last year, you're looking at the, the depth chart and you see the name, and I think most fans really didn't know much about him. Uh, was mm-hmm. tremendously productive um, and, um, you know, big hitter, um, but really uh, liked his game. Yeah, you know, without, without a doubt. And then, you know, that was, that was so the, the most recent podcast that was posted was, was Corker and, and Devontae Robinson. And, you know, he, Robinson was the guy that was expected to probably be what Corker was in production yeah. from standpoint before he was injured last year. And now you're in a situation where you get them both for this year and talking to those two guys and uh yesterday i recorded part of the next podcast which will hopefully be posted this afternoon or tomorrow morning with some more secondary guys um uh, including uh brandon eccles and cedric dort and you know you i heard you with last segment with with chris talking about eccles and those four guys there were um you know so many kind of questions about that position group and the three guys were healthy out of those four, Dort, Eccles, and Corker, answered so many questions, and now you're getting the guy back who was supposed to be the leader of the secondary. And so you have solid guys all around, and you're adding even more talent with the transfer of Kelvin Joseph when he's eligible next year. We had Coach Klingscale on last week, and uh, one of the things he talked about is he likes his guys to be versatile. And I would think Devontae Robinson, by all accounts, is is – uh, back going to be back full go that he's going to be a Mike Edwards type where you could um, have him at safety on one play and then nickel back on the next. Yeah. And uh, you know, that that's the thing or a guy who has so many years in the program and has been able to learn from guys like Mike Edwards and Lonnie Johnson and all those other guys that were ahead of him, Darius West, it's kind of been set up you know, like a you know a graduate program where guys come in, learn underneath some some people who have uh, a ton of talent, and then they're able to step up into bigger roles uh, when the guys ahead of them uh, depart. So it, it, the secondary position, it, it was just crazy to see the steps they took forward last season, and then uh, this year it's going to be really uh, interesting to see kind of how it gets flipped on its head to a certain extent because now there's expectations on them as opposed to everybody thinking they're the weak link. Talk with Curtis Birch um, from the UK Sports Network and the uh, Sunday Morning Sports Talk Show. Um, you also talked to Boogie Watson, um, who is a guy I think a lot of people uh, believe could be ready. You, you don't want to say he's you know, going to be the next Josh Allen, but he's ready to make a, a significant move forward, as Josh did in his third year. 
Yeah, and you know what's what I really liked about talking to Boogie and, and talking to all these guys. I mean, the the kind of thing that I, I try to do the best with the podcast is, of course, we're talking football, talking about what what they're trying to get accomplished on the field, but also take a couple minutes to learn about the guys off the field, what they like to do um, outside of football, maybe some goals for their after their careers. And with with Boogie, the thing that was interesting to me in the little bios. Um, that are on, you know, UK Athletics. It talks about maybe what they want to do after football. And he actually said his was wrong. It, it said he was thinking about something maybe in law enforcement or government, of, um, you know, work. But uh, he actually had changed his mind a couple, um, I guess, sometime last season because w- working with Coach White so much, he realized that, you know, his demeanor, which is a little bit understated, you know, he's not the boisterous kind of guy, rah-rah dude, a little more lead-by-example um, type. He realized that that uh, kind of personality can work as a coach, and he saw it in Coach White because that's how Brad White is. You know, he'll still get, you know, a little riled up. You see him in practice and everything. But for the most part, it's understated. And uh, he basically, uh, Boogie Watson, decided to change his post-career uh, after football uh, path because of what Coach White was able to show him um, during his time at Kentucky. And you also uh, had a fun piece of the conversation with him. Uh, if they play, he gets, uh, it starts to come up with big sacks, uh, especially on the third down. And um, the the song that uh, he'd like to hear played in, in uh, Kroger Field, and you referenced how they would play Benny and the Jets for Benny Snell. Yeah. Um, so you gave him several options with a boogie theme and, uh, I thought he made an excellent choice. Yeah. I mean, there are so many good boogie songs, you know, uh, boot scooting boogie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, he ultimately, boogie chose, fever. uh, I believe boogie fever, uh, was, was, was his pick and, uh, he, he he lit up. He, he thought that that was a really fun idea. And, uh, boogie, I thought it was I mean, boogie wonderland with the earth, wind and fire. No, song. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I got. I just I got went back and watched it this morning. Up. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. But there was a. I did see a reply from someone who is in operations there at Kroger Field uh, with like a little bit of an emoji about like one of those thinking emojis. And so, who knows? This season that that could be played over the loudspeakers there. Um, well, so a, a little pressure on. Uh, boogie to make those big time plays to get the, that song played, but that, that would be fun. And I mean, the, those moments are just <laughs> so cool with Benny uh, when they would play a song, uh, you know, Benny and the Jets. And that was the thing about the song that I think made it even more fun. It wasn't your typical stadium song. <laughs> it was a little bit off of, you know, uh, it wasn't really pump up music, but everybody knew what was going on, and that kind of brought everybody together. Yeah, and I'm uh, anything that gets any more Earth, Wind, and Fire played, I'm all for it. So, uh, good choice for Boogie Watson. Curtis, thank you much for the time. When's the new podcast posting? Uh, it should be up probably later tonight, and so best thing to do is probably just look for it uh, in your feed tomorrow morning. Just subscribe, uh, and then it'll pop up automatically. Good deal, Curtis Birch. Thank you much. Thank you. We're heading to a break. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. Final segment of the show coming up. Shannon is on his game. Earth, wind, and fire there to take us to the break.
Final segment of our show for Wednesday. Uh, this day in Wildcat history, it's just a birthday to mention today. Cash Daniel celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to the pride of Paintsville, Kentucky. Hope he catches a few fish today on his birthday. Uh, Want to talk about KentuckyHempWorks.com. They are based in Christian County. A lot of great Wildcats have come out of that part of the state. Uh, Kentucky Hemp Works is a family-run operation. They are certified Kentucky proud. They grow the hemp in their fields. They process it on-site into various products like CBD oil. A lot of you are using that these days uh, for aches and pains. Same. They've got some hemp root, hemp root salve that's good for that as well. Um, you can get a couple of new fishing products that are made entirely from hemp seeds. You can find all of these at KentuckyHempWorks.com, which is more than just CBD. And check out what more they have to offer and the story of how important the hemp industry could be for our state on their new YouTube channel. Just type Hemp Homeschool into the search box. A couple of uh, racing notes on our uh, Triple Crown coverage this spring, once again presented by Claiborne Farm, doing the usual unusually well for more than 100 years. Churchill Downs has submitted a plan for fans at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, While it's under consideration, they're not providing any details, but uh, with think uh, it'll be a, a fair number not going to be the 150 that uh, we're, we're used to for derby but uh, hopefully a significant number of people can get to the downs for oaks and derby a case of colitis has knocked governor morris off the derby trail it's a horse that i think probably was going to be targeted for the bluegrass stakes at keeneland next month NBC's telecast of the Belmont Stakes was, on one hand, the most watched sporting event last weekend. Now, granted, there aren't a lot of sporting events, but there is PGA Tour golf. Um, there is uh, uh, racing going on, uh, NASCAR racing, etc. But it was still the least watched Triple Crown race ever on NBC. And not surprising, really. The Belmont um, this year, uh, it... Uh, Goes into the record books as the Belmont Stakes, but basically it was just a a prep for the Derby this year. Now, it gains a little significance if Tis the Law goes on and uh, wins all three races, the Derby and the Preakness, and gets that designation as another Triple Crown winner. But uh, in lieu of that, the main event this year is the Kentucky Derby. It's going to do it for us. We'll see you tomorrow on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to LeachReport at gmail.com. See you next time right here on The Leach Report.